Hi, welcome to Shift, PwC Canada's podcast on digital trends and topics that can make your business transformation a reality. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, and I'm also the creative director for PwC Canada. We have a really interesting one today on PropTech, and I'm here with George Karras, founder and CEO of R Labs Canada Inc. For those of you who've been listening, we, we, we talk a lot about emerging technology and internet of things, but the notion of prop tech, I think, might be a bit of a strange one, a new one for people. You know, we hear a lot about fintech, prop tech. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what prop tech means and what it means for you in particular over at our labs. It, you know, it's a, it's a word like fintech, which describes, um, you know, property and technology, I think is really a buzzword in 2018 and made it in, made it in emerging trends in real estate uh, six times, actually, which is a pretty big deal. How do you want people to think about it? I mean, if this is a, a, a new term for them, what, is, what are you guys doing over at R-Labs that's helping push the prop tech agenda? So we've got a fairly different approach uh, in this thing. And so we, we own the problem of housing and commercial real estate, and, and we choose to solve it uh, not through, you know, traditional means. Um, new era, new thinking. Um, you know, not through government policy, but through uh, tech-enabled venture. And there was um, a great quote from Astro Teller, who, you know, runs X at Alphabet, Captain of Moonshots, which I think is actually his, his proper title. For, I love that for, title. It's fantastic, right? So Astro's line was, was very transformative for the lab, and it was, don't fall in love with a technology, because there's going to be a new one tomorrow. Don't fall in love with a solution. Fall in love with a problem. I love that because, you know, one of the things that we like to do here is really trying to figure out what problems are worth solving. And how do you prioritize the problems that are going to have the most impact? The key is to really define the problem. You know, I think a lot of times we, uh, and, and typically in, in venture, you, you know, 95% of it is, look, I've got this cool technology and we'll put some money into it until we get this product market fit which basically means you have a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. We have uh, an affordable housing uh, problem that's there and you know, a whole bunch of others that are actually going to be growing as well through um, partnerships with things like RealPAC and, and other industry associations. That's, um, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious about how, how can technology solve affordable housing? I think what will be interesting about prop tech is that when we think of technologies, we drift to digital technologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So we actually have two different ventures that are in the affordable housing uh, problem, attacking it from two different ways. One is a very physical solution, which actually makes housing products off-site constructed and installed, and it allows the market to self-solve its housing needs. So we actually have a product in the second venture that allows owners of those properties to, to buy it, they can configure it, and it's installed. Very physical. So physical solution to allow a market to sort of self-solve its needs. You're seeing new methods uh, and new physical technologies and materials that are allowing that to make a big difference. So you can attack going back to the problem of affordable housing. Don't limit, or at least in Canada, we're not limiting the thinking of what is prop tech to digital technologies. You're also introducing physical. Notwithstanding that, Digital technologies also allow you to solve that housing problem from a business model perspective. I think that, John, is where the real game changers occur here. It's not just a cool technology. It's when you marry that technology with a new business model that you can really make a difference. I just want to go back to one of the things that you said, which I think is really, really interesting. 
especially for people who are listening, who are in positions of disruption and, and figuring out how to take technology and make a difference with it, not falling in love with a technology. Right. <clears throat> because Lisa, so easy. So on easy our side do. of the business, it's so easy. We have clients yeah. coming to us asking for a thing. Hey, we need this implementation. Oh, can you solve this problem using this technology? And quite often it's like that may not be the tech that you need anyway. So I, I really encourage people who are listening to say, don't worry about the tech right now. Solve the problem first and then figure out what tech you need. You need to bring new thinking to that, that problem. So if you try to have the same people who created the problem sit down and try to solve the problem and just say, here's some technology, it may be, and you may have some incremental uh, solutions, but you really need to bring new thinking around that problem. Our labs, by the way, you know, it's kind of cool little R exponential logo, but when you close your eyes and hear it, it's our labs. Our labs, yeah. As in O-U-R. Like, yeah. it's about the community. And so you can behave in a different way in a lab than you can in a large organization. Innovation in a large organization is really, really, really hard to do. Yep. And the biggest barrier to that is fear. It's harder to solve new problems with old thinking. And I think anybody who's listening, anybody who's working in an organization knows that. I think the hard part is actually getting out from under your own history, if you will. What advice would you have for larger organizations who are listening that know they need to innovate? Maybe they know what problems they need to solve, but they just don't know how to fail. It's um, mindset and culture. In the lab, we have two outcomes. It's either winning or learning. Winning or learning. Yeah. I, love, I love that. Winning or learning. Because so many people are like, well, you know, we don't have a culture of failure. Failure is a bad word. We're afraid of failure. Yeah. Okay, it's not failure anymore, guys. It's learning, learning and winning. Yeah. Winning and learning. The lab. Welcome to the lab. So Winning and learning. I really like that. So this is a big quote. $5.2 billion in growth annually, 2018, prop tech. Why do you think there's a surge in property technology investments? What are people thinking about? I think it's ready for it now. You know, real estate as, a, as an asset class, its business model was, is pretty traditional. And you contrast that to other sectors. Like R&D, and I don't know exactly what it is in property, but R&D investments in the construction space are 0.5% of revenue. R&D in the uh, computer electronics space are 9% of revenue. So what you've seen is a, a cumulative lag in innovation. Right. Real estate is operating in a world 1.0 operating system. Yeah. When the world is clearly at world 3.0. So it's behind by at least you know, two upgrades. And that's now evident in two ways. One is the technologies that are now far more mature and capable and more abundant are present. The capital that surrounds those technologies is paying attention to industries that are still lagging for real disrupting opportunity. Um, so I think you're seeing the combination of both those forces saying, great, we're going to put some capital to work to fix things or disrupt things that are in this massive you know, asset class of real estate. One of the things that we see is consumer need sometimes drives innovation. So do you see people asking for or demanding 
innovation in real estate because there's so much more innovation elsewhere. So I would go back to it's the problems. People will be very vocal, political, up in arms around things like housing. Mm -hmm. So people are concerned about that problem, but they're looking to the tools of yesterday that, quite frankly, created that problem for the solution for that. So everyone's anchored in that problem. They're not necessarily looking to technology to solve that. Very few will be, and those are going to be your entrepreneurs and, and the, the venture capitalists that are you know, prepared to get behind it. So you got to get ahead of this thing. So I think the need will drive the innovation. Housing and the built environment, which is the anchor, is the prop of prop tech, um, has a lot of need. We're going to have to think very differently about how we solve it than how we've, we've created these things in the first place. It almost seems insurmountable when you think about all the current infrastructure. Yes, but I think that's where like, you have to then look at it and say, it is if you embrace the way you know, we, we've thought of solving it up until now. So you, you need new thinking, and you need that new thinking to come with new capabilities, and those capabilities are being brought forward exponentially with these technologies, both digital and, and physical. The people who are going to solve these problems, where are they coming from? I think the superheroes live amongst us right now. There's um, a number of, I'll call it, entrepreneurs and uh, institutional uh, industry leaders that have come together and said, we're going to think differently here. And we're attracting the emerging leaders, the next-gen leaders, that have platforms that will support them in defining their super strengths and putting those superheroes around the problem sets that we have in the lab. You were talking about, I think, uh, um, X earlier. Yeah. Um, I love the whole premise that they have, which is basically come, come to work every day and try to kill your idea. Yeah. Different thinking, right? Why won't it work? Mm -hmm. And try to do that. And, and celebrate like, it when you do. Yeah, and celebrate when you figure it out. I, I think that's really interesting. Hey, they killed their idea today. This wasn't going to work. Because, I mean, there's that old adage, right? Don't hold on to your mistakes because you spend a lot of time making them. Right. And that's the <laughs> exactly. And that's the, the challenge sometimes, right? Like you, you, you get into that and it's your mindset. You let go. That's a learning. Move on. You mentioned this earlier, but, you know, real estate as an industry is probably viewed as somewhat slow, I suppose. Why do you think that is? It's an interesting business, you know, like even on the development side, it's the, one of the only businesses that rewards you for uh, failure. So if, if you could you know, imagine holding an asset that all you had to do is hold that asset for a period of time, and even if you missed your you know, approvals on a, on a piece of land, your, your value of your asset kind of went up. There hasn't been a real need to operate differently because you've, you've kind of made a, a good business or a decent business operating within the, yeah. the, the paradigm of the day. It's really, really hard to change when things are good. So one of the things I think is really interesting about PropTech is you talked about, yes, there's technology, right? There's physical innovation. There's all kinds of different, there's business models. There's all kinds of stuff. You just nailed it. I, and I have to chime in on this because it's, it's so appropriate. I'm actually George 3.0. You're George 3.0? Yeah. I love well, that. So let's pretend we you, we have a unique ability which i think is your superpower everyone has that in them yep. the the key is how to define that in in the earliest possible age you can and then all you become is figure out your versioning system what version of john or george are you and what 
would you describe the next version? And the simple thing then is you just got to get to that better version of you, not somebody else, you. Right. And so I think that's bang on. And I think the, the, the challenge you have is clarity for a, you know, a 20-something-year-old. Clarity of what do you want to do? I don't know. Because what do you know? And I think the, 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 the better question in the beginning is, you know, what are you really good at? What do you love? Start with that. We actually, you know, have a program of that in the lab in helping develop real estate entrepreneurs, innovators, and managers, um, working working with um, PwC and the Next Gen program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's important because the earlier you can, you know, help create the superheroes, the more traction we'll get on solving problems. Yeah, I think people sometimes, they know what their unique abilities are, but they don't focus on them because... A, it's more difficult to be maybe they're not going to make as much money yeah, right away. It, or There's always the, the concept of the side hustle, right, if you're familiar with, with that. So if you talk to someone of that, you know, 20, in their 20s or 30s, and you say, so what do you do? I say, well, I, you know, do such and such at so-and-so. You know, but, I have a, but me and my three pals have a side hustle when we do this. And I encourage them to pay a lot of attention to that because you have to do your day job but you chose to do the side hustle. If you love what you're doing and and you're good at it and the world rewards you for doing it, like why are you doing anything else? Exactly. Are there emerging technologies coming in having an impact in non-real estate organizations? Are you seeing them helping? Like what what are you seeing out there because you must be so, yeah. seeing a lot of really interesting okay, tech. So, so you yeah, so let's just, you know, there are probably a dozen technologies now that I would characterize as being in the in the knee of their exponential curve, right? So they're that little, that S curve, right? You've got this, you know, ramp up and then rapid growth and then the decay. Machine learning, AI, IoT, blockchain, uh, I think, and so all of these come together individually, but actually work highly integratable. Mm-hmm. If that's we can explain it that way, and although they're really powerful and they're, and they're coming as solutions looking for a problem the, the real game-changing opportunity is when you can apply a new business model on top of those and attack a problem that exists in, in the environment so we have this massive force of these technologies that are coming where the built environment how much of your life do you spend in the built environment 99.9 percent right so these technologies are coming there's no ignoring them the only thing you can pick is what role you're going to play in them. The challenge to that is it's, and the rate of growth in those technologies has has really left the, the rear flank, if you will, vulnerable. So you have this tremendous risk now on security, and it's evidenced everywhere. And it's not just by, you know, little organizations. You're seeing it evidenced in, in big organizations. Yep. So the level of disruption, I would say, from those technologies is profound. The the you know both on innovation and risk it it is hitting those are hitting real estate and it's not but it's not just the technologies it's how we apply new business models to that so i think there's a there's a, a profound force that's coming from these technologies i would say both in the business and and definitely on the business of real estate thinking ahead how should real estate business owners be modifying their thinking their strategies to be ready for change Let's go. Three predictions you have for the future of the sector. So I think uh, I'm going to 
know that whatever I say now, like history will you know, make me look like a fool. I will borrow some really good insight from... What would George 4.0 say? So yeah, looking back now, uh, I think he would have said, you know, think of what Jeff Bezos said in your answer to this question. And what Jeff said was profound. He said, forget about what technology is going to change. Think about what it's not going to change and go all in on that. So what I would say is that 30 years from now, if we, if we sort of like froze you and, and woke you up 30 years from now and we put you in the city, the built environment subject to impacts from, from climate change would physically be here. Right? And if you're lucky enough you know, to be alive 30 years from now, you will be 30 years older. Those are things that we, we know will be true. So you invest all in on that. And so how does an organization evolve on that from a real estate perspective, you know, your culture, your talent, all that is how you're going to deal with innovation and really how you're planning on dealing with failure. So, you know, f- predicting, you know, what does the future look like? I think the, the physical buildings will be here in pretty much the same way you see them now. Everything else about how you're running them, how we invest in them, and, and quite frankly, how we're using them will be very different. And, and I think in terms of like the typical silos, if you, you know, as we see them now, real estate over the last 20 years has done this great job of creating these silos, right? You're in the office sector. Yeah. You're in the retail sector. You're in the industrial sector. You're in the housing sector. So we've done a great job. And then what we've done even more is institutionalized each of those sectors, right? So it means pour lots of money and rigor and discipline and governance around that. And I think change now is saying, instead of, you know, creating a, pen and creating these silos, it's take out your eraser and blur them out. The assets will still be there. Mm -hmm. And we're stuck with that built form. How we use them is going to be very different. That analogy probably is how they take, I don't know even if this makes sense, but you think about some of the factories, you know, whether it's the the old Sears building or the candy lofts and how they've yeah, the the outside's the same. The adaptive reuse of the of the structures is kind of like the the mode, right? And so up until now those have been resisted because of zoning and physical layout, right? And, and so what's interesting with this is some of those challenges are just amazing raw materials for great creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just have to get out of our own way in some of this stuff. Who's leading the charge globally on, on prop tech? So our labs, you know, absolutely has the you know, Canadian DNA on this. It's, it's happening everywhere in different stages. And, you know, lead, follow, get out of the way. And I think, you know, we'll probably do all three. But I think we don't necessarily have to adapt a definition of that that's coming from another place. And I think we can um, create our own ventures and initiatives that will ultimately help shape what does that word mean. And I think the community that we have here is really unique. It's sophisticated, it's mature, it's big, and it, it has, I think, some great potential to you know, collaborate in the our setting around the problems that we face. I love the fact that smart people are thinking about these difficult problems. It gives, it gives me a little bit of confidence in you know, our future. I love the conversion of sort of digital technology with physical innovation, I guess, yeah. um, along with new ways of thinking, new business models, and really making sure that you just don't have a technology looking for a problem. But I love what you said at our lab. Our labs, you own the problem. 
And I think that's such an important thing for anybody who's listening. You have to think about the problem you're solving, how to solve it for people, and then figure out what you need to do. A technology-enabled venture is a very effective way to get something to happen. I think you know, having a community to mobilize around this here and now, uh, I'm quite excited about it. you should be. I am too. So, wow, that wraps uh, another episode of Shift. Uh, in typical fashion, my mind has kind of exploded a well, a lot, actually. And I'm hoping that um, people who are listening got a lot out of this, especially when we think about really being on the forefront of something that's so exciting and so transformative. Um, you guys at our labs are really at the cusp of this, which is awesome. So thank you so much, George, for spending time with us, giving us your thoughts, your prognostications. We'll come back to you in 30 years and see whether or not, <laughs> see whether or not your predictions are right. Um, but until then, thank you again, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shift. You can get more details at pwc.com slash ca slash shift. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast series. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, or your podcast platform of choice. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.